Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the weekly joint collaboration, PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. We make all of our picks straight up against the spread. Best bets are one Folsom Prison Blues pick of the week, the one game on which we'd not necessarily wager our life. The way it goes from the movie is if you were basically lying dead in the gutter, what's the one game that you'd believe in? Either way, one game that we like straight up. That's how we cap the show. He's Chris Sims. I'm Mike Florio. Hey, Hello. hey, what's Hi, up? Hi, Chris. How you doing? I haven't you... seen you in a while. Oh, How's it going? It's been a full hour, uh, and we got to talk some more football. But wait, what do you mean in the movie? Like, if you like, you just meant from like what, what... Walk the Line. Yeah, okay. Walk the Line. Okay. Have you seen Walk the Line? I have. It's Go a great see Walk movie. the Line. I do. I, I've yeah. seen it many times. It is very good. It's the scene where, for those of you, and we got a little time to kill here, yeah. or if we don't, what the hell? I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. When Johnny Cash and I think it's like the Tennessee Two or the Tennessee Three or whatever it is, when they're auditioning for a record producer and they're playing a tired old gospel song that's just kind of dragging on that's when the producer basically says and i'm paraphrasing here but i want something you believe in what's the one song if you were laying dead in the gutter you would do that's the song you need to do and that's when he started playing Folsom prison blues awesome riveting moment in uh, a great movie, and now I want to go watch it. Can we just stop now, and I'll go watch the movie, and we'll come back in a couple Peace. hours? We'll just Probably give you not. a loss all right. on all your picks. See you, everybody. Uh, I'll walk win. the line. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what? I, t- I tell you what. I-, I couldn't do much worse if I just pass on all of them. Uh, although I'm happy with my straight-up performance. I do lead you narrowly so far straight up. Against the spread, I suck. I'm eight games underwater after two weeks. Are you freaking kidding Woo! me? Chris is... 12 and 17 against spread. Last week, best bets, a 3 and 0 sweep. I went 1 and 2, making them anything but best bets. I'm 15, so we got some work 15 for 17 to do. versus spread. You said 12 and 17. I just want to make sure we clarify that, okay? I I'm 12 and, or 20, you're 15 of 17. Yeah, I know. Right. And I always wonder with those two cuz we do know that Pete Dim a little little light of light of this is not a very good counter. So I do I'm going to go back and double check. We need to. Yes. There, there, there should be an accounting firm like they do with the award shows that verifies the count because we have caught him in the past in a mistake. And it's entirely possible that he is Stupid. accidentally or deliberately <laughs> fudging the numbers. Here we go. Uh, and the winner is Moonlight. As, yeah. Good, good job, says. accounting uh, firm. Uh, all right. Uh, Thursday Night Football, Carolina, eight-point favorite on the road against the Houston Texans. Good God. 
Chris, who do you got, and what's the score? Yeah, I, I do. I got Carolina. I'm going to go with it here. I mean, I do think Carolina, as you've heard me say many times, is a very talented football team. They got creativity and scheme on both sides of the football. Uh, Houston really respect what they've done through the first two weeks. And, hey, Lovey Smith, good defensive coach. They got good talent but not great talent. Carolina, to me, has great talent. You know, and then on the offensive side of the ball with the Texans, I like what they're doing there too. It's real good talent, but it's not great talent. Carolina has great talent. And, you know, of course you're starting a rookie quarterback. It's just not going to be easy. So I'm going uh, Panthers 27-17 here, Michael. Yeah, you know what? I, I have just punched mine in as you were saying that. My score is 24-14. So once again, we spend way too much time together. Almost identical score, identical margin of 10. That gives Carolina the cover because, again, the spread is 8. Over-under, by the way, 43. We both have the over based upon our are carefully projected with layers of mathematical formulas and reasoning and analytics to come up with these final scores that we give you every week. The 1 o'clock games, Eastern Time on Sunday. Washington at Buffalo. Seven and a half point favorites are the Buffalo Bills at home. They're 0-1 at home. They lost to the Steelers. Washington, a few extra days to prepare for this one. Their 1-1 one one should be 0-2, frankly, over under 45.5. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I mean, Washington, you know, maybe they come up with a little bit of a new game plan on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think that's been the underwhelming part of their football team. You know, I know today we talked about Washington a little bit on PFT, and I just was, hey, the one thing I, I didn't take into account for, yeah, they've got a great front four, but it's really that just that front four. They're asking them to play a lot right now, and I think they're wearing out towards the end of the football games. We saw that against the Giants and the Chargers in previous weeks. So, you know, Jack Del Rio's got to find something – you know, I don't think they're not going to be able to take them out a whole lot, but maybe be a hair more creative on the back end and, you know, blitz a little bit more every now and then to not just always rely on the front four. Uh, but the other aspect of the game that really jumps out to me is Buffalo's defense. It's been playing awesome. And, hey, I, I Taylor Heineke, respect what he did last week, made some plays. You know, Terry McLaurin is really good. But I, I really like what I've seen from Buffalo. I mean, scheme-wise and just the physicality and talent-wise. And I, I just think ultimately here I'm going to go with this. This is the week that Josh Allen, the pass game, get back on track. I do think they protect pretty well. And I think they will wear down that defensive line eventually. I'm going 28-17 Bills here. So you have the Bills with the cover. Yeah, I've got the Bills with also 28 points, and I think that – that this is the week it clicks a little bit more, and I, I'm not sure what to make of Washington at this point. I think the spread is a little bit much. It's just that pasta yeah. and meatballs gut feeling that I have. I'm I going 28-22, Bills over Washington. And Pete says threading the needle. It's not a very narrow needle. It's not like Chris last week with the Giants three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Wasn't that it? You did something yeah. with a very yeah. tight needle thread yeah. and just got it, just got it on the right side. Uh, but, uh, yeah, seven-and-a-half seems like too much for me. So I don't like to pick the favorite to win and not cover. I'm not a big fan of that. But in this case, I think the Bills win and they fail to cover. Washington keeps it close, but the Bills win the rematch of Super Bowl 26 when Washington beat the crap 
out of Buffalo. That won't happen on Sunday in my estimation. I think the Bills win, but they don't cover. Chicago, Cleveland, Justin Fields back in Ohio as the starting quarterback for the first time in his career of an NFL team. The Browns, a seven-point favorite over the Bears. The Browns haven't been impressive this year. The Bears haven't been impressive, but we didn't expect them to be. Chris, give me your pick. 45 yeah. and a half, by the way, is the over-under. Okay, I- I'm going to go Browns to win the football game, but the seven to me is a little... It's a little much. Uh, I'm, I'm with you in that line of thinking there. The Browns' offense has been impressive. But I do look at it and go, wait, no Jarvis Landry. You know, I know Odell Beckham Jr. practiced yesterday. Maybe he comes out there. You know, but they still have enough talent in there. I think you've got to really respect their pass game. And Baker Mayfield, other than one throw, has been phenomenal. And then the, but, but I do look at that Bears front and still go, man, do I, I, I don't think – I don't think – Cleveland's going to be able to have their way with them in the running game like they have like the first two weeks with with Kansas City and Houston last week. So I guess I look at it that way to where the Bears can keep it close. And I do think the Justin Fields thing keeps it close. I do. I think the fact that the Browns defense, which we talked about, is a little underwhelming to this part point. They've been good against the run, but they haven't played really a good running football team. And the Bears have shown spots of being able to run the ball, and I just think with Justin Fields and what he brings to you know the table in the running game, I think it's going to give their team a little bit of a jump start, a little lift there, and I do think they keep it close, but I just can't pick them. I can't pick them to win the game. I'm going 24-20 Browns. And uh, once again, I've keyed in my score as you were doing that. I've got 23-20 Browns, so we're in the same spot. Browns win, Bears cover. I just think the Bears are the kind of team that, Except when they're completely overmatched like they were against the Rams. They're going to keep games close. Win or lose, they're going to keep games close. I think seven is too big of a margin for any Bears game. Except when they're playing one of the best teams in the league like they were week one against the Rams. So I think the Browns win. The Bears cover. The Bears keep it close. Maybe they have a chance late. I mean, the Browns just haven't been... Overly impressive. What they did in the first half against the Chiefs, great. Then they blew the game. Then they let the Texans hang around and hang around. And if Tyrod Taylor hadn't gotten injured, maybe the Texans would have won that game. Could you imagine the panic in the streets of Cleveland the past few days if the Texans had won that game? So I think they get to 2-1. and But it's going to take some work. It could go either way. It's why they play the games. It's why we watch the games. We never know how it's going to ultimately go. I say the Browns 23-20 to as the victors. All right. Baltimore Ravens coming off the signature victory of the Lamar Jackson era in Baltimore. They head to Detroit as eight-point favorites with an over-under of 50. The Lions, oh, Jared Goff, my favorite stat of the week, 0-9 when Sean McVay is not his head coach for his career. He tries to get to 1-9 against the Ravens, and I say good luck with that. Give me your pick and give me your score. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he will go to 0-10. I do. You know, I respect what the Lions are doing, yes, but, like, I, I think there's, you know, there, there's things like I re- the, the, the front seven for the Lions. It's good, not great. Do I think they can hang in there a little bit and maybe might make life hard on Baltimore to a degree? Maybe. But I still think you're going to see more of, like, 
uh, the Lions defense we saw against the 49ers in week one. There's just too much to worry about with, yes, the Ravens O-line can just bludgeon you and beat you in the run game. And then, of course, you know what, what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. It's not a great secondary in Detroit either to where, yeah, I know Baltimore's pass offense isn't wow, but I think it's going to be good enough to move the ball when they need to against this group here. And the other side of the ball, you know, the, if you want to take advantage of the Ravens, it is through the pass game. And the Lions aren't that team. They're not going to take advantage of the past game. So I think they hang around for a little bit, but ultimately Ravens pull away. 30-20 to 20 Ravens. Yeah, I uh, am in the same camp as you are. And look, I, I got burned this past weekend by thinking that the Lions would cover. They almost did the front door cover. They almost won the game. Then it falls apart in the second half. Then they have a chance to backdoor cover. It starts raining. Jared Goff can't grip the football. They can't get within the 11.5-point margin. I think the Ravens now, and I meant to go back and look at their games after the Seattle victory in 2019, which was kind of their catalyst. That's when we started taking them seriously. My recollection is, and I could be wrong, I'm wrong many times a day. But my recollection is they kicked it into overdrive after that game. I think they're going to kick it into early season overdrive, and they're going to go on the road, and they're going to take care of business. They are a much better team than the Lions. They're going to win this one easily. I got 34-14 to as the final score, and Lamar Jackson and company are going to seize that momentum. From uh, from Sunday night, there isn't going to be a hangover. There's going to be a let's keep a jump, going, yeah, let's keep off. going, yeah. let's keep proving that we are a team that that is a serious contender for a Super Bowl, and we're not going to undermine what we did on Sunday night by falling flat on our faces no, against the no. Lions. Mike, so and to your point, 13. to your point, what you said about Seattle, I got it right here. The, the, when they you know go for it, go for it, and they they won and beat Seattle. The next week, it was a bye week. Then the next week, it was Patriots. They won 37-20. Bengals, 49-13. Texans, 41-7. Rams, 45-6. So they went on a four-game run of just absolutely annihilating people. So it's a good thing that you brought up there. I'll I'll be interested to see. They are one of those teams that can ride that momentum wave hard and, and really start to believe in themselves. And if they're going to annihilate anyone on their schedule, it's the Detroit Lions who are pretty much overmatched in every game they're going to have this year. Arizona Cardinals on the road in Jacksonville. Seven-and-a-half-point favorites are the Cardinals with an over-under of 52. Urban Meyer supposedly told Vic Fangio, the Broncos coach, after the game on Sunday, it's like playing Alabama every week, and all he's seen so far are the Texans and the Broncos. Here comes Kyler Murray and company, Chris uh, I have a feeling that we both agree that the losing streak will run to 18 now for the Jaguars. Yeah, I I would think so. I mean, the Cardinals, of course, have looked really good. You know, other than the first half of like last week against your Minnesota Vikings, where they straightened the ship out there in the second half. Uh, You know, I I can't imagine Jacksonville slowing down the Cardinals' offense a whole lot. I can't. Haven't really seen it yet. We saw them struggle to keep Tyrod Taylor in the pocket week one. Well, this guy's got another two rockets up his butt compared to Ty, Ty, Tyrod Taylor and company, let alone you know more weapons than that Houston offense. I look at that and go, wow. And then, hey, you got a rookie quarterback against a defense that's got a really athletic front seven. They do some exotic things. To me, the one thing that jumps out about the Cardinals a little bit that just scares me is – they can be a little too crazy at times to where you want to go, well, you don't need to go that crazy. You're kind of talented enough to just 
play a hair more vanilla at times. That's the one thing that scares me, and they give up some big plays because of that. But either way, I think they, they control this football game. 31-17 cards. Pete can verify I see it. that as I see you were it. saying it, yep. there it is, 31-17. I, I think we need a break. Yeah. I think we do. Yeah. I think I think that that this is not working any longer. Our, our brain is starting to to, we're to kind the of two melt best together. Best friends that anybody could have. I don't we're think the that's two good best for anybody. Friends that anybody could have. We're the two best Chargers. friends that anybody could have. <laughs> Let me know when you're done. I'm done. Chargers at the Chiefs. Uh, uh, an important early season showdown between a pair of one and one teams in the AFC West. The loser goes to the basement after three weeks because the Broncos and the Raiders are both 2-0, and and chances are they're going to be 3-0 and each when this is all said and done. The line for this one, Kansas City, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home with an over-under of 54.5. Both teams coming off losses in games that they could have slash should have slash would have won. Who do you like on Sunday? Well, I like the Chiefs. I mean, I can't pick against them here. You know, not at home, coming off a loss, no. Uh, well, Am I a little scared, though? Yeah, there, there's two things that scare me. All right, first off, Brandon Staley. You know, he was in Denver two years ago with Vic Fangio, or it was, a, yeah, two years ago, right? Yeah, it was two years ago. You know, he's got an understanding of this Chiefs offense, and he's got talent on that side of the ball to where I can see them making it hard, especially with the Chiefs with like a legitimate run game, making life hard on that offense, you know, from time to time. I don't think he's going to have to overly blitz, but the difference between the Chiefs, you know, between – last year or even the year before is you're not going to get to Mahomes unless you blitz now. They're, they're too good at pass protecting. So, you know, can he do creative things on the back end to cover everything? I don't know. You know, even when we see that, the Chiefs still score 30 points. And I think here's the other thing that scares, scares me about the Chargers. You can run the ball on the Chiefs. You can. But I don't know how good the Chargers are actually at running the football yet. And the other thing that they can't do is they, they can't score touchdowns. Man, they settle for a lot of field goals. A lot of field goals the first two weeks. And I, you, you're not going to beat the Chiefs kicking field goals. So I'm going 31-23 uh, Chiefs in this one, Mike. So you've got the Chiefs on the right side of the margin, more importantly. I think we both believe the Chiefs find a way to win at home. I am going to say, and this is the third time Whoa, this the old needle. I'm doing this so far. Again, it's a thick needle. It's six and a half points. I could see 34-28, Chiefs win, Chargers keep it close, Chargers keep it tight, Chargers keep it interesting. Sure. Six and a half is too many to give to a team that I still think is a good team in the L.A. Chargers, a team that could have, should have, would have won week two against the Cowboys. So I'll go 34-28. Gut feeling. We'll see whether or not there's any merit to that gut feeling. This one, to me, is one of the more intriguing games of the weekend. The New Orleans Saints and the New England Patriots, they get together once every four years. They, in theory, could get together more often than that now because of the 17th game. But in New England, three-point favorites are the Patriots. The Saints coming off of an ugly loss to the Panthers. Can they get it together? Can they get it done? Can they get Jameis Winston to be the guy he was week one? Chris, who do you like in this one with an over-under of 42 and the Patriots three-point favorites? They're very similar teams. I mean, when you really look at them in a lot of ways, you just go, they play kind of the same style of football where they want to, you know, beat you up physically up front. You know, they play 
on the defensive side of the ball, the pretty sound coverages. They want to manage the quarterback a little bit in the game altogether. You know, and, and, and yeah, you know, I know one guy's a rookie and the other one's Jameis Winston who's played and certainly had some, like, Pro Bowl moments through his career. But, I don't know, in these type of games, I just trust the Patriots more. And I'm going to trust Mac Jones a little bit more. I think this is going to be, like, a brutal, physical, defensive struggle, fun type of game that way. But, you know, ultimately, I just I, – I, the Patriots have been able to run the ball on anybody. It just doesn't matter who you are. And I think that gives them a great advantage. Even though they don't have great weapons on the outside, it's good enough. On the other side of the ball, yeah, I'm a little scared about, you know, the Saints a little bit as far as their ability to consistently move the ball. J.C. Jackson, you know, he's going to be able to match up with – uh, whatever receiver they deem they want to match up with there. And I don't imagine, like, Alvin Kamara and the run game going off. And I'm going to say this, too. I just think Jameis Winston will make one more mistake than Mac Jones in this football game. I'm going 2017, Patriots. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, You're that's right a push. Number. Can I, I want to yeah. go with the push. Am I allowed to go with the push? No? Okay. I mean... What, but, what I lose, right? Yeah. So okay. I mean, All yeah. Right. What what happens if he if he calls a three point win by the Patriots? What? Well, yeah, it's a loss. It's, I should get like two win wins if I get the push. I should be like double win. <laughs> but just pick a score other than three. Twenty to sixteen, Patriots. All right. I got twenty two to sixteen. So we both have a slight cover by the Patriots over the three point spread, and I agree with with what you're saying. And and I I just I think that. One week isn't enough time to undo the damage that was done to Jameis Winston that's by a, the Panthers. Yeah, that's a good point, no doubt. You're right. I, I wish I would have – you're right about that. And, like, I think that the, the, the Patriots will be able to take some things away from the Panthers' game plan and go, oh, wait, this gave them issues. So, you know, but, but you're right. That's, that's a, that's, one week's not going to get rid of that. Makes me wonder whether or not we're going to see more Taysom Hill, frankly. Taysom Hill than we've seen. It's hard yeah. not to say Tamus Hill because of Jameis and Taysom. Taysom Hill, <laughs> I think we may see more of him. Less Jameis, more Taysom. Pete, stop it. Pete's making it worse. Pete's messing with me. Ta- what do you Giants say, hosting the Falcons. <laughs> Tamus, yeah. Ta- I don't know. I don't, I don't want it to get into my brain because then it'll pop out uh, when I try to say it properly. Taysom and Jameis. Giants and Falcons. Giants with a couple of extra days to get ready. Three-point favorites at home against a Falcons team that has not looked very good so far this year is this the week the Giants get their first win and if so do they cover the three-point spread Chris with an over-under of 47.5 I'm gonna say yes and yes that they get the win and they cover the spread barely I'm going Giants 24-20 I think the Giants are close in a lot of ways that first week game I think is closer than the score looked against the Broncos last week hey they outplayed Washington in my opinion they got screwed a little bit you know and had some bad luck and you know, you know, certainly missed a, a deep post to take advantage and really put themselves in a power position in the football game. But like Atlanta, I, I don't know what they are on the offensive side of the ball yet. And you're not going to like run the ball, I don't think, on the Giants, not with that offensive line in Atlanta. And that plays into like the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. He's good. Once he gets you in one spot, you're in trouble that way. And I got no faith in the Atlanta defense really either. Not that the Giants offense is amazing, but Daniel Jones played really good last week. 
and did some good things the first week. Saquon Barkley, we saw, made another step. You know, it's all about can they protect the quarterback. And then the Falcons, I think they can because there's nobody to worry about. So I'm going Giants 24-20. I've got 24-17, Giants covering as well and winning the game. Pete mentioned while you were talking that Eli Manning's jersey will Ooh, be retired I forgot. That's right. Does that really matter? Did they win the night that you had the flock of seagulls haircut and they retired Big Phil's number? You know, they hung around for a little bit. It, uh, you know, I mean, the stadium was electric. I do remember that that night. But, no, ultimately that was a Cowboys team that was in a different class than the 1995 Giants there. And, you know, that's the game where, like, Emmett Smith broke up the win- w- middle and waved at, like, Felipe Sparks as he was going down the field that did all that. But, uh, no, ultimately the Cowboys whooped that butt. And then I got to see Michael Irvin dancing on a bar later on that night, too. That was amazing, too. I remember in 1994, the night that they retired Lawrence Taylor's number against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings right. won that game as well. So I don't think it means anything, although I still think the Giants pull off the victory. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow versus Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, Terry Bradshaw, Cordell Stewart. We don't know. Ben Roethlisberger didn't practice on Wednesday. He's got that pec injury. This one is, uh, I, I almost feel like we shouldn't have to do this one on Thursday because who the quarterback is will have a major influence on whether or not I think the Steelers win the game. But we have to do it. We're contractually obligated. Chris, three-point favorites are the Steelers over under 43.5. Who do you have? I think this would be a close football game. I do. You know, the Bengals screwed it up last week. You know, they really did. I think the, the Bengals can run the ball a little bit. They got enough ways to throw the ball short and get the ball out of Burrow's hand like we saw the Raiders do, you know, last week to pick them apart and then take that, you know, calculated shot every now and then down the football field. And we've talked about it many times. Like, what is to like about Pittsburgh's offense yet? Big Ben or not? I don't – there's nothing there to like. And I think the Bengals' defense is pretty damn good. I'm going with the Bengals upset in Pittsburgh. I don't give a damn if Big Ben's playing or not. I don't care. 20 to 17, Bengals. Wow. Yeah, I'm that doing is a it. gutsy call. Yeah, I know. Two straight home losses by the Pittsburgh Steelers to open the 2021 season. I'm sorry, but to me, that is just flat out inconceivable. And if it happens. That's when we'll start hearing from that subset of Steelers fans that anytime they hit some adversity, get rid of Tomlin. Can we get rid of Tomlin? And there's probably 30 other teams out there, maybe 29, maybe 28, saying, go ahead, go ahead, get rid of Tomlin. Get, go ahead and fire him. Come on. We'll take him in a heartbeat if we can get him. But that's what happens when the Steelers hit those, those short-term difficulties. I don't think it's going to happen. I've got the Steelers. Let me get the score here. 20-14 to 14 with the cover. I think the defense will save the day. I'm not very impressed with what the Bengals did in Chicago on Sunday. They could have won that game, should have won that game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, hey, they got their win against the Vikings – they're going to have to work for number two, and it's going to be very hard to get it in Pittsburgh. So I think this is defense saving the yeah, day for yeah. the Steelers. Offense, they'll do just enough. 20-14, to 14, Steelers win, Steelers cover. Last game in the early window, the Indianapolis Colts with Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason or Brett Hundley. 
who reportedly will play and is getting reps. They really don't like Jacob Eason, and you know our eyes would tell us why. Five-point favorites of the Titans at home. They're having a Houston Oilers reunion. I'm sure folks in Houston are thrilled about that. 48 is the over-under. Chris, do the Titans make it to 2-1? and one? I do think so. I, I, how, how can you trust you know, Jacob Eason? I think that's really what it comes down to for the Colts. You know, the preseason was all over the place. And then, of course, last week he gets in the game and just tries to throw a rifle into a window that's very small against Jalen Ramsey. So I understand Brett Hundley's at least played some football in the NFL and done some good things and didn't screw up games. You know, I think the Titans got their the, the ship righted last week, uh, encouraging what they did as far as the run game. And Ryan Tannehill... You know, other than just not being protected in the first week, if you protect him, you know, I think they have a good enough scheme and, of course, talent to, to you know, make an, a number of plays against this Colts defense. Yeah, but I'm expecting whether Carson Wentz plays or not. You know, Carson Wentz I don't think will be close to 100%, and I'm going to go Titans 28-17 here. I just I got no faith in the Colts right now. I'm in the same neighborhood. You are 30-21, the Titans. I don't have faith in the Colts. If Carson Wentz plays, I don't think he's going to be in a position to make much of a difference. Right. Jacob Eason, Brett Hundley, th- th- this is a team, and you know, you called it back when Wentz first had his foot surgery. You look at that schedule, five very difficult games right out of the gates, and they're going to fall to 0-3, and, and they're potentially going to fall out altogether in the race to win the division and in the chase to get one of the three wildcard spots in the AFC. Let's take a break. When we return, the late afternoon games for week three, including team number one versus team number two in the all-important PFT power rankings. More PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour right after this. Welcome back to the PFTPM. Oh, my gosh. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. And there he is, Iran so far away. And Iran. (laughs) Iran so far away. With your mom? My mom. Your sister? Yep. And your grandma? Yep. There's Barbara Sims. That's right. That's it. That's Barbara Sims, the the late, great Barbara Sims. Like The Sims family would be nothing without her. Yes. uh, She is the beast that created Phil Sims. And then, therefore, created me. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can, I can imagine her dragging you around by your ear <laughs> when you were little. Right? I was. She was no. Non- <clears throat> excuse me. She was no nonsense to where, like, you know, she was great. She had a great way with her, but I knew not to be inappropriate or mean or do anything around her. Yeah, because, you know, she just she had a way she could look at you. And it was just a stone cold look. And Christopher and her Kentucky accent, Christopher. You you better not do that. Oh, I'll, I'll spank your little butt. You know stuff like that. So that that's where she was. She was awesome. I, I miss her a lot. The uh, late afternoon games begin with the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Ten and a half point favorites are the Broncos. The smallest over under of the week forty one point five. That's a strange dichotomy. Huge spread, small over under. The Broncos are 2-0. and The Jets are 0-2. I think we're both going to take the Broncos, Chris. The question is, do the Jets make that big number? I, 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 like, I think the Jets are going to cover. I'm going to give it that. You know, I'm going Broncos here. I'm going to say 20-16. to I, I don't know. Again, this is a little bit of a gut feel, yes. But 
in a lot of ways, like I told you today on PFT, there was things I liked about what the Jets did last week against New England. They just had a rookie quarterback who really did, you know, two or three dumb moments that cost them the game. Even within that, you know, two or three dumb moments, it was 13-3, to and they were driving, and they weren't out of the football game. The Jets have shown they can play a little defense under Robert Sala in both weeks, Carolina and the Patriots last week. You know, they they are not going to be impatient with the run game. And I think Zach Wilson will learn his lesson and be more conservative and be willing to play ugly this week out there. So uh, I, for, because of that, I'm going to say it stays close, 20-16, to 16, Broncos. One of the great points that Peter King made this week in Football Morning in America, the idea that the Jets don't have a veteran who could go in when Zach Wilson just needs to take a seat for his own good. Sure, and sure. I wonder how much that experience on Sunday, if he could have gotten a breather. And, you know, you look at Vic Fangio, a defensive specialist who will see what Bill Belichick did to Zach Wilson, much yeah. like Bill Belichick is now looking at what the Panthers did to Jameis Winston and duplicate that. And then you're playing at altitude, although I know that, you know, I don't know what the difference is in the altitude at BYU in Colorado, but that's where he played his home games. I mean, yeah. it's not like he's going to a new part of the country. I just think the Broncos, a uh, home opener, they're yeah. going to have a crowd there that yeah. is very happy with a team that is on the right side of 500 for a change, especially in September. 27-13, Teddy Bridgewater's impressed me so far this year. I I, I thought they kind of screwed around with the Jaguars yeah, more they than they did. should have. I think but that's what scares I, me. I th- yeah. Yeah, I think they're in a good spot, and they find a way to pull away and win this one, and cover the spread, and get to three and zero. And Pete is putting in the relevant information. The Denver altitude is plus fifty two hundred, BYU forty six hundred. So uh, uh, Zach Wilson uh, knows a thing or two about reduced oxygen levels when <laughs> right. you play football in Denver. Although that is a very real thing. It that is. is a very real thing, no doubt, a hundred percent. I learned the hard way. Uh, I got. Uh, the uh, the the uh, the altitude what do they call it altitude, altitude poisoning sickness. or whatever yeah. altitude sickness yeah, yeah I was miserable when yeah. we were out there for the first game of the season a few years back all right yeah. Miami going to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders Raiders four point favorites Jacoby Brissett versus Derek Carr remember there was a question about Derek Carr's ankle he fully participated in practice on Wednesday he's good to go Tua is out. The Raiders are 2-0. and The Dolphins are 1-1. and The Raiders have looked good. Their fans get a chance to fill up that new stadium for the second time, over under 45. Chris, who do you like? Well, the Raiders got a little bit of every – I mean, the Raiders' offense is, is the real deal. You know, they've been dealing with the Ravens and the Steelers, and, yeah, the Dolphins are creative and talented on that side of the ball too. But, you know, you, we've it's proven commodity now that, like, Derek Carr, you can trust him with the game, with the ball in his hands – you know, they will be patient and take their calculated shot every now and then. You know, so I look at it that way. Uh, I don't know if the Dolphins' front is, you know, special yet. So I think he's going to have protection. Gruden will have plans for some of the crazy blitzes the, the Dolphins like to, to bring at you from time to time. So even though I really think a lot of that Dolphins' defense, I mean, last week, hey, we saw them reeling and – you know, I think the Raiders are playing at a higher level on that side of the ball than Buffalo. And then, yeah, I just don't have any faith in the Dolphins' offense right now. That's the biggest thing. It's just it's choppy. It is. There's no real consistent run game. You know, the one thing I do think Jacoby Brissett will bring to the table that Tua doesn't have is the ability to throw some more power throws. They, Jacoby Brissett is going to make the Raiders have to defend the field a little bit more. 
He can throw 20-yard outs in his sleep. And, you know, a 25-yard in-cut or a 40-yard post. Where Tua, you know, he doesn't really want to do that and is only going to really throw it unless it's wide open. So that could be a thing to look at. But ultimately, I just haven't seen enough from the Dolphins to pick him in this game. I'm going 27-20 Raiders. Yeah, hey, I agree with you completely. I've got 27-17, all the same reasons. And I also think that after having two games where they had to fight and scratch and claw, although they won by nine points in Pittsburgh, it wasn't something that was resolved until late in the game. I I, I think that they're going to relish the chance to have an easier victory. They've picked up two wins against tough physical teams. And that's not to say the Dolphins aren't, but, but I think the Raiders starting to hit a groove here, feeling good about themselves, building confidence. Confidence leads to more confidence. Just It's the flip side of if you're 0-2 and you're starting to get desperate, if you're 2-0, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. You're feeling good about the things the coach is telling you. You're feeling good about what you're doing to prepare for games. It's that positive reinforcement we talked about on PFT Live. You want to keep that feeling going. You don't want to undermine the accomplishments you've already had by losing a game you should win. Yeah. I think four points is a little bit too small of a spread here. Gut feeling. Raiders win. Raiders cover. Raiders go to 3-0. and And the Raiders a surprising early season factor in the AFC. The game of the week, at least in the late afternoon window, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the LA Rams. One point favorite of the Buccaneers. The Rams had been like two point favorites on Sunday. It's really moved in Tampa Bay's direction. That means a lot of people are putting money on the Buccaneers. Over under 55 and a half. Chris, who do you like in this matchup between team number one and team number two in the PFT power ranking? This is the game of the week, hands down. I mean, come on. This is the game of the week. There's more stars on the field in this game than any other game in football. And he got I still I still try to sell the veal on NBC. Hey, we're still that's awesome game. 49ers Packers. Yeah, I know. Game. Yeah, fine. I'm not a company man. That's the second best it's, game of the week. That's why I guys. said yeah. game of the week in the late afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I caught that little clarification there. But I mean, I I think this is the one everybody's got their eyes on. Brady going to LA, Stafford's there, McVay and the new team and everything there is just exciting. You know, it's a toss-up game. I guess what I came down to here is just this. I haven't seen anybody get close to Brady really ever since they were 7-5 and five last year. And because of that, I just think they're going to be hard to stop. You know, now, do I think that the Rams are going to be able to move the ball in the Bucks? I do. I do. I think McVay is just going to continue to grow and grow this offense you know, I like their offensive line this year. I know I mentioned their off- new offensive line coach. I think he's brought something to their offense to a degree for the Rams. Kevin Cranberry. Do you remember his name this Kevin time? Kevin Cranberry, It's right? not Cranberry. No, it's, it's not Cranberry. What it's is Carberry. It? Carberry. Damn it. I'm going to get this guy's name eventually. But I do like it. It's jumped out to me. Uh, no question. You know, the one thing I look at as far as, like, the Bucks versus the Rams offense, the Bucks D Rams, it's just it's Todd Bowles. Him going a little too crazy like we talk about. You know, blitzing, letting people be on one-on-one, blitzing to stop, like, the outside zone to the left, and then it's a boot or a play-action pass, and there's just a huge voided area there. I think it's going to be a really exciting game, but I just can't pick against the Bucks quite yet. I think they got a special mojo going, and I think this is one where, you know, the Rams might get a crack at them again in the playoffs later on in the year. Maybe they'll have to learn from this. I'm going to go Bucks 30-28. to 28. All right. Oh, you've got the Bucks by one point covering. I've got Bucks 27-23, and I could just see Tom Brady making a big play with the game on the line and yeah. Matthew Stafford 
not. I could just I could see that happening. I, I look, I know Stafford's done great so far, and he's an MVP candidate. We've got him on this week's watch list, but. Brady has been spectacular. This is his first game ever in Los Angeles, and he has designs on getting back there for the Super Bowl, and uh, they have looked too good. Even without Antonio Brown, they got plenty of other talented receivers. I think they will get it done, and I think Brady will not be thinking about going back to New England. This is the perfect game to drop a week before New England. It's going to require your full attention. Yeah, If it was like the Panthers or the Saints or something like that, and I don't want to denigrate the Saints or the Panthers, really, but if it was just a game that didn't, you know, yeah. playing the Vikings yeah. or something like that, the Giants, you know, right. a team that you look at and say we should easily win, maybe right. you step in a hole. This is one that's got his full attention, 100%. and then he gets a full week to get ready for the return to New England. But, yeah. um, all right. well, can I add one Go more ahead. thing to that? Just, to, I mean, you're right. I think that's it. Like you said it, right? Like the Rams, they're going to catch your attention as soon as you watch the film. Let's not forget that Raheem Morris is the defensive coordinator there, right? So he was in Atlanta last year. He knows the last few years. He knows something about this Tampa Bay offense. That's going to be interesting. What I, I guess the other thing I worry about a little with the Rams defense, who I think is like, hey, I think they're going to match up Jalen Ramsey with Gronk in certain situations and Mike Evans, which plays into their hands and is going to be cool. But I think all, what I worry about a little is the Rams – are not big up front, and them maybe being a little compromised by just the Bucks who just go, wait, we're coming this way as a whole big offensive line, and can you hang in there? And I think that's ultimately going to compromise them a little too much at times. But I can't wait to watch this football game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, the smart teams and the teams that have the good offensive linemen find a way to neutralize Aaron Donald. Exactly. And then you have to trust that That's right. the mismatches that pop up won't cause the whole thing to fall apart. And you've got Tom Brady, who knows how to get rid of the football quickly. And if he doesn't, it's hit the deck or, if all else fails, pop it Duck up and, and hope that the right. other team doesn't, doesn't right. catch it, which uh, we haven't seen that yet this year. No. But we saw it plenty in the NFC Last Championship. year against the Rams, we saw it too in, the, in their yeah. uh, Monday night football game. Seattle, two-point favorites at Minnesota, the highest over under the week of 55-and-a-half, tied with the Bucks and the Rams. Vikings playing at home for the first time with fans in a very long time. The Seahawks losing in overtime. The heartbreaker, they blow the big lead. The Vikings, the heartbreaker, they missed the field goal that would have won the game over the Cardinals. Vikings really need this one to avoid falling to 0-3. Uh, the Seahawks have done a very good job in recent years of beating the Vikings. Does it continue on Sunday? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm going with the Vikings here. You know, I'm I'm going like my my upsets of the week are the Bengals over the Steelers and and this one right here. I am. You know, I I I, I the, the Seahawks are just too all or nothing for me. They really are. You know, this is kind of what scared me about them going into the year. And the Vikings run the ball on everybody. It just doesn't matter. And they always have a few creative wrinkles that they bring out to expose a defense where they just, whoa, holy cow, we didn't think they were going to do that. There goes Dalvin Cook for 15 for 20. I know he's a little injured, but, but the way Mike, Mike Zimmer sounded in his pref, press conference yesterday, it doesn't sound like he thinks he doesn't, he's not going to play. So I look at that, and if they just get that going a little – the one thing about the Vikings, too, is they find ways to to get chunk plays in the pass game. 15-yard gain, 20-yard gain, 80-yard gain. You know, I, I think their offense is actually much more consistent than Seattle. You know, and you know, I know what Seattle's got Russell Wilson. That scares me to death. 
especially this Vikings defense that's just not great. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. They're not great. But I do think that Seattle's offense is easier to break down than Arizona from last week or maybe even the Bengals the week before. And they're with the home game, the emotions, the desperation, everything. I'm going Vikings 24-23. That noise will make a huge defense or a huge difference for the defense or a huge defense for the difference for the Vikings. They didn't have that at all last year. I think they'll find a kick in the ass from returning to their home stadium and having fans there. I think that's the difference for me. I, I worry about the matchup. I worry about what Russell Wilson can do. I worry about Tyler Lockett running free behind Bashad Breland or Patrick Peterson. We, we've seen it in every game this year a long touchdown throw from Lockett, and we've seen the Vikings give one up. But Mike Zimmer, who I'm sure understands that if he doesn't get to the playoffs this year, it very likely will be over for him. This is one where he has to have it. They get stuck playing in Seattle far too often. They finally get Seattle to come to them, and they're going to take full advantage of it. So I'm with you. Uh, 27-24 is my score. I think the Vikings win and move to one and two. Let's take a break. When we return Sunday night, Monday night, including Aaron Rodgers going back home to Northern California to try to beat the 49ers, uh, which he wasn't able to do when they had their full complement of players back in 2019. We'll discuss that next on this joint edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton. Welcome back to PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton, presented by Under Armour. We are getting into now the... Evening games, Sunday night football, a great early season matchup between the Packers and the 49ers. The Packers doing their best to erase the memories of week one, but as we established all week, they did what they were supposed to do. They punched their punching bag. Now they're punching up at a 49ers team that on paper is better. We saw what happened in 2019, 37 points allowed both times, regular season, postseason at Levi Stadium. I'm sure the Packers would love to get the 49ers to come to Lambeau Field. Not this time. Packers back in Santa Clara, Chris. Three and a half point un- uh, underdogs are the Packers. The over under is 50. You've already tipped your hand on this one multiple times this week on PFT Live. You like the 49ers. The question is, do you like them to cover? I do. I like them to cover too. I do. I just, you know, I the the I don't imagine the Packers being able to run the football. That's the biggest thing there. You know, I think this 49ers front seven is amazing. I really do. I think they're, they're going to give, like, Aaron Rodgers fits. They'll be able to get after him with just a four-man rush a lot, and they sprinkle in a creative blitz every now and then. You know, the one thing I do worry about is the corners for, for the 49ers. That's definitely something to worry about. Will Rodgers and LaFleur be willing to just keep throwing it outside? Throw it outside. 10-yard out. 15-yard comeback. 20-yard out. 20-yard comeback. You know, oh, fake the 10-yard out. Out and up. You know, if they if they can get a little rhythm doing that, I mean, I give them a fighting chance. I do. But uh, ultimately, I just think the 49ers are too good. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, the, the 49ers offense, you know, Joe Barry's defense or the Packers – Hey, there's some good there. There's just not enough great. And and there's no Zadarius Smith. And I just think that the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball. I know the running back position's a little banged up, but I do expect that. And I do think this is the type of defense that Shanahan's going to be able to expose in the pass game to a degree as well. I just don't think it's a great matchup for the Packers. The 49ers are clearly more talented. And, 
Hey, the only one thing I worry about with the 49ers offense, they have a right guard number 60, Brunskill, who is a weak link. And I don't know why Aaron Banks, their second-round pick from uh, the Notre, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, isn't out there. But he has popped to me a little in the first two weeks of being a, a little bit of a weak link. But I don't think the Packers got anybody there to really take advantage of it. I'm going 49ers, 28-17. I've got 49ers 27-20. I think that three-and-a-half point spread is a little bit on the light side, frankly, for Sunday night football, especially when we have vivid memories of 37-9 and 37-20 the last two times the two teams played with the 49ers at full strength. The Packers won last year in San Francisco, but that was after injuries had ravaged the 49ers Rabbit. roster. Right. I, I think one of the more encouraging short-term, not long-term, But one of the more encouraging short-term developments for the 49ers is the end, at least for a week, of the Trey Lance experiment. Now, maybe Kyle Shanahan thought he didn't need to use him last week. The way Jimmy Garoppolo spoke about it last week on KNBR, I got the impression he's not a fan of getting yanked off the field. He's not a fan of of giving up the the reins to Trey Lance throughout the game. And he said something very important. We've talked about this on PFT Live. The locker room is basically behind him. He didn't use those words, but that was the message. And I think Kyle Shanahan may realize, you know what? We, we tried to do this. We tried to position. We've tried to kind of will Trey Lance into taking over, and he hasn't done it. So at some point, we just got to say, you know what? Jimmy's the guy until he gets injured. Yeah. Our big complaint with Jimmy is he gets injured. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a better insurance policy than we've ever had if he gets injured. So go ahead, Jimmy. Go do your thing until the wheels come off. If they don't, We'll worry about it next year. If they do, we got Trey Lance ready. I feel like that's how they're in the process of resolving this, Chris. I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I don't know. I was shocked that we didn't see any Trey Lance last week. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's more towards the angle you're talking about or if Shanahan just went, wait, this Eagles defense is really good and I don't want to put Trey Lance in a position to fail. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I was really surprised by that. And I will, you know, there never seemed to be clamoring for Trey Lance or anything from any you can read between the lines as we have many times in training camp there never was like oh wow there wasn't the same buzz of the 49ers coming out of training camp about their quarterback as compared to the Bears and what some of those players were saying about Justin Fields or what the Jets and Zach Wilson or Mac Jones there was none of that there's for a reason for that there's a reason for that you know because I think it was choppy so um, yeah, and I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo isn't happy about it. Oh, yeah, I'll drive us down the field. And, yeah, you know, Coach Shanahan, give, give Trey Lance the easy four-yard touchdown pass. Sure, that's great. That makes me feel good. You know, that, there is, that's dicey. The players see that. They're not going to love that. So uh, it is a dynamic or something to watch for, for sure. We are definitely uh, in the minority as it relates to the action that has been placed at the points bet sportsbook. 85% of the money line bets are on Green Bay. And in the early Sunday night wow. football poll action, America has Green Bay 54 to 46. So as our good friend Rodney Harrison once said, as we made our picks, I hate America. That's, <laughs> that was amazing. Was, but like, why? The why would out the, of context quote, why I would, hate America. Yeah, but why would the percentage of people be with Green Bay? I just, I mean, like, recency that, bias. It's, 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 because they problem. assume 
They assume that because they beat the Lions, everything's fine. Week one was an aberration. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. The Packers are back to being what they were. And even if they were, they still got, in a year that they went 14-4, and four, including the postseason, half their losses came on the very field where they're going to be playing. Right. The Lions went blow for blow with the Packers. Don't, don't forget the context of the game. It was 21-17. The Lions drove right down the field. Right down the field, 21-17. Then they don't make it on the fourth and one. Then the next series was the fumbled snap. So, like, I don't, don't feel good about Green Bay. Pete's telling us to move it along. He let us Shut talk it, too Pete. much about that game. So now we only have like 10 seconds to talk about the Eagles at the Cowboys. Cowboys, four-point favorites over under 52. Chris, who do you got? I'm going Cowboys, 28-19. That's where I'm going. I mean, the Cowboys showed the ability to you make you respect the run game. And then, of course, they got weapons on the outside. And the Eagles' offense, you know, yeah, I got questions about it still. I love their offensive line, but – can Jalen Hurts win throwing the football? And I think the Cowboys are going to force that a little bit here. And I, I just think that, you know, as much as I like that Eagles team, defense and offensive line, the Cowboys are, are pretty good on their offensive line, and Dak Prescott will have a good day. My score that I picked when I went through them all last night was 28-20. So, yet again, we spend way too much time together <laughs> even though it's down to six well seven hours a week with the megapix podcast it's too much time it's four years of this history where we think way too much alike on these games but 28 20 is my score we both like dallas we both like dallas to cover we're gonna take a break and wrap things up with our best bets and our Folsom prison blues picks of the week we'll do that when pftpm and chris sims unbutton presented by under armor returns right here we go best bets and our Folsom prison blues picks of the week Christopher you're up first best bet give me one I'm going tonight I'm going the Panthers I am I am I you know I got them winning I don't by... like it when you do Thursday night I like to I like to sell it into Sunday but that's all right that's all right, all right. Good. I typically like to avoid Thursday I know I don't care I have to go with ruin it. the graphic yeah and I hope I hope now I hope the Texans win but yeah. go ahead well I, I just I, I think the Panthers cover you know I know I picked 27 17 but I could see them blowing them out all right, um, I've got the Giants giving the Falcons three. I think the Giants win. I think they win easily, especially with the extra time to get ready. You're up next. I'm going another high spread here. I'm going the Cardinals over the Jags. I just think there's too many playmakers. Ooh. I don't trust Trevor Lawrence. He's throwing picks every game so far, and uh, the Cardinals' offense is damn good. I've got the 49ers giving three and a half to the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Next. Uh, I know. I wanted to do that. I'm just scared of Aaron Rodgers. All right. So um, I'm going to go with the Titans. I'm going to go, you know, the Colts-Titans game. Where the hell is that? The Titans are favored by five. Um, I just think the Titans are better. I don't care who plays for quarterback for the Colts. They, they can't protect. They haven't run the ball well either. Monday night, Cowboys giving four to the Eagles. That's my third and final one. Folsom Prison Blues time. The one game straight up that you would bet your, not bet your life on, but you would bet if your life was ending. Ravens. Give me one. Ravens over the Lions. Ravens. I'm taking again, the Ravens. We're on the same page. Ravens. Yeah. I can't pick them to cover, but I pick them to win no matter what. That's it for now. See you next time. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.